music, entertainment, forces life. The forces station. This is Team Talk. Hello and welcome to Team Talk, the show that's all about Forces families. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill and we're dedicating the next 30 minutes to Forces Life. Coming up, we're going to chat with members of Forces families from all around the world. We're going to learn about their incredible journeys, plus we're going to hear some advice for dealing with the challenges that military life throws at them. Plus, we'll have another interview from another celebrity guest sharing their own military experience. And an even more important success story is, of course, our little victory. As a Forces child or young person, lets us know what they've been up to to shout about. In other words, if you're part of a Forces family, Team Talk is all about you. First up, let's start with a chat. And every week, Louise from the charity Little Troopers joins us for family time. This was recorded back when we were all allowed to leave the house and meet up with other people. Happy days. BFBS. Team Talk. Hello and welcome to Family Time. For those that don't know me, my name is Louise and I am the founder of the charity Little Troopers. So as part of Family Time, we come together and meet so many amazing families who all have their own military journey, their own story to tell. And I'm here today in Bulford with Sophia and I've got my co-presenter Jill and we're really excited to find out a little bit more. Hello Louise, hello Sophia. Can you start by telling us where your whole military story began? Yes, well, it was a wedding, actually. Someone else's. Was there a bit of matchmaking going on there? There was a considerable <laughs> matchmaking. The, the the wedding was of, of someone that serves alongside him. So, And we got married in 2010. How did you feel when you found out he was a military man? I didn't know anything about it. I knew he had quite an exciting background of, of having lived in interesting places. Um, he was really worldly, very culturally aware uh, love travel, so all the things that, that I'm keen on. So it, I didn't really think about the military side of things so you had very no much. preconceptions? Not really. So the chance meeting at a wedding ended up in your own wedding. Indeed. And yeah. you ended up getting married in 2010? Yeah, with most of my husband's friends away because they were all deployed. Oh, so it was a quiet wedding. <laughs> it was quiet. <laughs> um, yeah. So 10 years ago, was he around? Did he deploy? What was kind of your first year of married life? Uh, we knew we didn't want to wait too long to have children. I was 37 by this stage, so the clock was very, very loudly ticking. And we had a sort of six months in Warminster and then went straight up to Edinburgh uh, when I was 11 weeks pregnant. And that was with Freddie? That was with Freddie, yeah. Did he make the birth? No. Oh. He was 17 minutes too late. Oh, so oh. just just missed just it. Just missed it. But you had to go through the labour on your own. Well, no, I had my sister. I've now had one birth with my husband there and one birth with my sister. Which um, would you choose again? <laughs> <laughs> my sister. <laughs> so Freddie's seven months old, fast forwarding a little bit, and then... Andrew goes to Afghanistan. Yep. He deploys. Yeah, I've been in that situation. I've had a newborn and my husband's deployed. I mean, it was difficult. Did you? It was do difficult. You remember that? No, it's all a bit of a blur. It was difficult um, for a number of reasons. I anticipated that Andrew would be coming out of the army. So as the as the main breadwinner, I had to carry on working. So I had to go back working full time in a city the other side of Scotland. So I was jolly tired and and the, the job was a very full on one. So that deployment passed you by? Just... And it passed us by, um, there was a, a tragedy, my, my husband lost his two IC um, and that really derailed us for a while. In Afghanistan? Mm. Yeah. So, but we got there. 
in the end. And he came back uh, April. And it's difficult to... Sorry, I'm getting up. Sorry. Mm. I'm okay. Um, so obviously that's really, really difficult to support your husband when they lose somebody on a tour. I've been there myself. I still get upset when I revisit that. It's one of the hardest things you can do. It, it really is um, because you weren't there and you're not... You're not part of the comradeship. It's so complex. It's so emotionally raw. Um, and it is difficult to navigate as a married couple. I, I really felt at times he just turned his back on me because he needed support from the people around him, not from me, which left me sort of hanging, you know, wanting to support him, but not knowing how. Where we are today, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, um, 2020, your husband is deployed again for a year this time yeah. in the Gulf. Talking about your children and the stability, Freddie has been to five schools and that's a variety of like in Naples, in Germany, in the UK. Um, but you've made some decisions, some choices lately. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so it was a really difficult decision. He wasn't valuing his friendships sufficiently because I kept moving him away from, he forms very close bonds and then I would whip him away. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't matter how much you say, oh, well, we'll be in touch with X, Y and Z. The reality is you're posted to different sides of the country and you're not going to drive four hours for a play date. Do you think we underestimate sometimes the, how close friendships can be when you're at a very young age and how yeah, important they absolutely. are. It's everything. And it might have only been bonded over Pokemon cards or whatever it is. But Freddie particularly, he's, he's very sporty and his teams, the people he's in a team with, become his absolute universe. And I couldn't actually watch his heart be broken another time and the sort of the sobbing that has no end when he has to say goodbye. So I decided to move to school that he could he could stay at till he was 13. And that was the the primary reason is that continuity of friendships. Education agreed. I think we'll all we all know that that's important too. But he's bright enough that he could cope with a bit of change. But in terms of um friends and values and and forging those links and investing in those links with your friends. I didn't really feel I had a choice. So he's at day school at the moment. He's at a day school what? with a boarding facility. Yeah. So I was going to say, so when you move next, because inevitably you will get posted, will you choose to board him? If he's comfortable with it. How does he feel about it? Have you talked to him about I have school? actually. And he, he keeps asking the same question. Are these my friends? You know, will these be my friends forever? I'm like, yes. If you, if you put the effort in, they will be. It's sad that he even has to ask that. It yeah. makes you realise how fragile friendships were becoming and how he thought that it was all going to be ripped away from Yeah, him. I think it was a real wake-up call in the school in Gloucester when um, one of the parents admitted to me that she told her son not to be friends with the military <gasps> children because they'd go away. And then you know you're on a losing wicket, don't you? <laughs> how does the stability for them make you feel? Is there a, a sense oh, of relief or calm now that that's all sorted? Absolutely. It is such a huge part of me being able to cope with deployment. And I think, listen, you're going through a one-year deployment right now. Like, honestly, I give you so much love and strength because I haven't done a year. We've done eight months, but... Well, I haven't done a year yet. Yeah, well, yeah, let's <laughs> catch up in a year. year. So, Sophia, I am so... 
glad you came on today. It's been lovely to speak to you. The way we like to round up our family time sessions every time is ask three questions mm-hmm. um, just to kind of end on a positive note. Yeah. Um, and the first one from me is what would be your favourite posting to date? Naples. Was it? Yeah. Even with the rats? Even with the rats. <laughs> it was naughty. It was exciting. It was full of character and it was warm. <laughs> You've been doing this 10 years now. You've learned a lot along the way. So what's your one piece of advice for other forces families? Take each day as it comes. Just, we can't plan like other families can. And the best we can do is just make each day as secure and safe as it can be. And finally, what is your favourite memory of your military journey so far? Um, my husband coming back from... Um, deployment in Afghanistan and seeing sorry oh don't you got me going now um, and my son had practiced saying daddy um, but he said daddy to every soldier that came off the bus because they were in uniform and then my husband came off the bus and Freddie's aged 40 months his arms and legs were just waving around you can't beat that. You can't. Sophia, we've ended Sorry. in tears. But, you know, it has been so lovely to speak to you, to hear your journey. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being on Family Time. Oh, God, I've got again. DSDS, the Forces Station. This is Team Talk. Team Talk. I caught up with Sophia to find out how she was doing and she's getting on remarkably well, even though they found out that her husband's R&R has been cancelled, so the children aren't sure when they're actually going to see Daddy again. But the good news is she made the decision to move back with her parents, so since the lockdown started, they've got more support, more space, and of course she's got some help with the homeschooling as well. Now it's time for some music, and the first song that serves me is for two little boys who haven't started big school yet. My love, my lover, 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 I'm in paradise whenever I'm with you. Hi, I'm calling on behalf of Zach, who is four, and Ben, who is one, and their song is George Ezra, Paradise. I will ride on down the road, I will find you, I will hold you, I'll be there, it's long. It's a mighty long road, but I'll find you, I will hold you and I'll be there. The reason it means so much to us is that when I pick them up from nursery, they like to sit in the front of my car and play it as loud as possible uh, while in the nursery car park.
This is Team Talk, the song that serves me. George Ezra's Paradise on BFBS, the Forces Station. How good does that sound? If you want to get in touch and tell us how you're keeping in lockdown, we would love to hear from you. At our house, we've been busy baking. Well, when I say we, my girls have been baking and I've been tasting the bread rolls. So that counts, right? We'd love to know what you've been up to. Have you been honing your baking skills or maybe you've been out in the garden? Maybe you want to share with us your song that serves me, just like mum did for Zach and Ben. You can find us, teentalk at bfbs.com. Next, it's time to get some advice and information from someone in the know. And this week, that's education expert Louise Briggs from the RAF Families Federation. We had a chat via Skype and I asked her how we as Forces families can best support our children's education. After all, we don't always have the luxury of being able to leave our children in one school because postings mean we have to move around. So how can we give them the stability that they need to form lasting friendships? I think for all three families federations, the main worries that we would tend to hear about are around admissions and appeals to schools, um, service pupil premium, and also um, issues around children with special educational needs and disabilities. And they will range from the challenges presented to families through either their mobile lifestyles or maybe from um, the serving person being deployed um, and also increasingly through frequent separations through what, what might be called weekending or dispersed families. So where families are choosing to live separately and maybe they're finding that um, frequent separation is impacting on a, on a child. It can make a massive difference if there are teachers and other staff in a school who have some understanding of military families, but that isn't always the case. We encounter schools that are extremely engaged with this because they have high numbers of, of service pupils. Um, and then we find a lot of schools um, that maybe only have one or two service pupils. And for them, obviously, um, a more in-depth knowledge of, of the lifestyle and the impact that that might have is, is much harder for them to gain and, and stay current with. Um, there's an organisation called the Service Children's Progression Alliance, um, and they are developing something they're calling the Thriving Lives Toolkit, which comes accompanied with continuing professional development. And the, the whole idea of that package is it will be available to schools to familiarise themselves with some of the issues service children might face, both the benefits and, and, and challenges they might they might bring to a school and equip them with some you know great ideas of how to how to help. There's charitable support from from a lot of areas and, and some that we we know um, about and hear about quite a bit, little troopers um, there's military kids clubs, MKC Heroes run by the British Legion, um, Reading Force, all offer resources for schools in, in terms of supporting service children. To ensure stability, some parents feel their child will be better off staying in one school longer term, which is where the continuity of education allowance can come in to help with funding a place at boarding school. Just from conversations we might have, we, we would understand that it's never an easy decision. The Army Families Federation in particular has some great information on their website, some key initial areas to consider if you're thinking about sending a child to boarding school, some key questions to ask yourself and, and also outlining some of the main implications of, of that to, to enable families to, to think about it fully um, before they set off 
down that path. BFBS. Team Talk. Some great advice and information from Louise Briggs, education expert at the RAF Families Federation. It's so important to make sure that you do have all the information about support available for Forces children to make sure you're giving your child the best possible chance. I wonder, though, if you've been taking your hat off to your child's teacher and thinking, oh, I'm glad this homeschooling lark isn't going to be for too long because it is hard work. How many times have you heard yourself saying, do you behave like this in your class at school? I bet you don't. (laughs) If you're finding yourself starting to go a bit bonkers, take five minutes, step away from the homework and enjoy a little feel-good moment. Here's Fern, who is this week's Little Victory, recorded a few months ago. In February half term this year, I completed my MPLQ lifeguard qualification and following this, I managed to get my job at the local leisure centre, so I'm currently working there. So how was your first shift? Yeah, it was good. We had a couple of incidents that I was able to deal with, so that was good to get experience and it was really satisfying to know that I was helping people. So what made you want to become a lifeguard? My dad used to be in the RAF and he was a lifeguard and then my sister followed in his footsteps so it seemed natural to kind of go with that. So you say your dad was in the RAF. Where were you born? Somewhere exotic? I was born in Medicine Hat, Canada. So yeah, kind of exotic. (laughs) My sister was born in Cyprus at RAF Aquateri Camp, so that's pretty cool. And where else have you been with the forces? So I've been with multiple places in Germany and then we've been in Canada, Cyprus, and just travelling around really. So it's pretty cool to kind of meet new people. And I've still got friends that we met whilst we were abroad that I keep in contact with. So that's really good. So is there anything you miss from overseas life? It sounds weird, but I miss like the strict schools. So we came over here and I was kind of shocked at the lack of discipline in a way, because in services schools... You did what you were told, but everybody was fun and the teachers paid attention to you and it was smaller classes. One of my favourite memories was crawling down the corridors with our teacher, Mr Kerwin, so that was great. The culture as well, the food was a lot better over there, I must admit. So what food do you miss? I miss Rosti and octopus from the markets. Springolinos, I miss Springolinos. It was this massive leisure trampoline centre in Hereford and there was a massive volcano with a slide running down it and there was trampolines that you could also go on the bungee cords on a disco room nothing compares to it I wish I could go back to it to be honest and do you miss any of the food I miss bratwurst and curry ketchup anytime we went back or dad went back for a course he'd pick some up so yeah so you'd recommend being a forces kid would you All in all, it was difficult leaving friends and like moving about, but I got to see things that other kids won't ever get to see in their lives. I've got more experiences. I've got friends that live all around the world now, so I would go back in a heartbeat. But I still can't eat chips without mayonnaise on the side, and that's one thing that I am mad about. (laughs) Team Talk. BFBS. The Forces Station. What a superstar. Well done, Fern, on literally being a lifesaver. I also love chips with mayonnaise, so you're not alone there. I think my obsession started when we were posted to JHQ in Germany. It's so great to hear how Fern has looked for the positives, and now she has friends all over the world. We hope they're all doing okay in these strange and unpredicted times, wherever they live in the forces world. 
my name is Olivia and I live in Canada. My favourite Team Talk song is Break My Stride by Matthew Wilder. Last night I had the strangest dream I sailed away to China In a little rough boat to find ya And you said you had to get your laundry clean Didn't want no one to hold you What does that mean? And you said Nothing gonna break my stride Nobody gonna slow me down Oh no I've got to keep on moving Nothing gonna break my stride song on the coach when I was going to my Super G camp in Kimberley with my ski team. This song has an all-around goofiness factor that I just can't escape. It's time now for Speaking From Experience, the part of the show where we hear from celebrities who've come from military backgrounds with their own forces' experiences to share. Here's what happened when we caught up with James Blunt before the lockdown. Team Talk. BFBS. The Forces Station. We're joined today on the line by James Blunt, who is currently on his fifth night of his world tour. First of all, James, welcome to Team Talk. How's your tour going? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's great fun to be back on the road. I'm I'm out with my band. We're playing new songs from a new album and obviously uh, all the songs that people know and want from old albums. And we love being out on the road. And tell us a bit about the new album. It seems a bit more personal than some of your previous ones. Yeah, I mean, some things have gone on in my life that I've really needed to write about. My dad, an ex-colonel in the Army Air Corps, um, as his kidneys failed him. And when I realised I didn't have much time with him, I wrote songs for him. And about, you know, the, the words I otherwise wouldn't have had a chance of saying, I suppose. And then realising that I don't have much time with him. I've seen that I don't have much time with my very new family because I'm away on tour so much. So I've written songs for them too. And yeah, so it's unfiltered and without fear and, and not really for you to listen to. It's for them to listen to. It's lovely that you've written those songs to share them with your family. You're obviously used to touring now, but how demanding is it being out on the road, given that you are away for such long periods of time? Yeah, my tours are normally about 18 months long. It's like a camping holiday. It's very much similar to being back in the army, except that we're in probably slightly safer places and that my tank is, yeah, is more comfortable in the form of a tour bus with a fridge that never runs out of booze. So very little to complain about. That's a very military thing to make sure the fridge is well stocked up. I love that. James, you've decided to donate the proceeds from your new single, Monsters, to the Help for Heroes charity. Can you tell me how the decision for that came about? I'm a patron of of Help for Heroes and as anyone in the army knows that um, once you've been injured within the army, then long-term support isn't always there. You know, the army do their best under limited funding. That's the story, isn't it? At the end of the day, they have to push funding up to the front line and when people are taken back to the rear, don't get much of it. And Help for Heroes really galvanised the public to try and make them donate to that and then Help for Heroes would be supporting both physically and mentally. So it's been a pleasure being a patron of theirs and a pleasure on tour and through various 
singles to try and raise funds for them. As well as the proceeds from the single, you've also got people collecting for Help for Heroes at your concert venues in order to gather even more funding for the charity. Yeah, we, um, we're getting Help for Heroes to turn up and with buckets and, and asking people to you know, uh, track spare change in, um, at my concerts because you know, it just is really easy to do. You've got a mass of people coming through and, and they know that I'm ex-army and they know Help for Heroes. And if they feel like contributing you know, with a spare change after they've bought themselves a T-shirt or bought a ticket or bought themselves a beer, then, uh, then you know, that, that's all fantastic and very generous of them to do so. Both you and your dad were in the army and it seems that your family history of military service is something you are really proud of. Have you brought anything from your military career into your music and do you think it maybe has perhaps influenced your songwriting in any way? I write songs about my time in the army. Um, For my first album I had a song about Kosovo called No Bravery. Uh, I refer to them in lyrics. I talk about loyalty of soldiers, um, the notion of uh, who your enemy is and yeah, it's always been a huge influence and at the same time, I really, when I joke about my tour bus being much like a, you know, a tank, well, we are a bunch of professionals on the road as a band and a crew, and, uh, and we do tour the world. And I really do take my experiences from the army and apply them into, into a touring scenario here. It's great you can reflect on your military life and, and still have that forces mentality with your musical family. Now, your interest in music existed long before you left the army. You were known to entertain your fellow comrades on deployments and on exercises. Was that something that you did quite regularly? Yeah, I took my guitar along, you know, always either be on exercise or on operations. And, you know, I was pretty selective about what I would play to various people. A bunch of soldiers, they don't really want to hear Goodbye, My Lover. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, I was, you know, brought out to lower morale at different stages. I'm sure you didn't lower morale. James, if there's someone from a forces family listening to you now, who perhaps wants to follow in your footsteps, what advice could you give them? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the music business. I mean, there are a bunch of different jobs that one can do in in the music business, uh, aside from just um, singing with a squeaky little voice. And, you know, there are tour managers, there are crew members out there who, um, who, you know, uh, light, sound, production. There are massive different jobs out there as part of that team. If you're actually looking to get into my section of the music business, Write a ton of songs, find a good manager and let them uh, guide you through the shark-infested waters of the music business. Sadly, James, that's all we've got time for. But thank you so much for joining us here on Team Talk. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Music, entertainment, forces, life, the forces station. This is Team Talk. Hi, my name's Max, I'm 13 and I live in Gibraltar. The song that I have chosen is The Final Countdown by Europe. I've chosen this song because it makes me and my family very happy when we're all together in Gibraltar. However, it also reminds me of my dad and his wild sense of humour when he has to go on tour or when I'm at boarding school.
BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. James Blunt may have left the military, but he clearly hasn't left it far behind. How funny that he considers his tour bus like a tank on the road. Thanks to Max 2 for a total anthem of a song that serves me. It's the final countdown. Feels very apt right now as we all keep waiting for life to return to normal. That's it from us here at Team Talk for this week. We spent our family time with Sophia talking about her decision to privately school her children so they can enjoy some stability with their education. And we received some great advice for others who might be in the same boat from the RAF Families Federation. We've also cheered on Fern, who was this week's lifesaver and our very own little victory. And we've heard from soldier turned musician James Blunt. Team Talk is produced by TBI Media with support from the Audio Content Fund. For more of the same, you can join us next week and listen to all our episodes at bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Until next time. Have a great week. Stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.